Hello family of Christ, welcome to another episode of Daily Grace with Alan, Wonder Chapter Edition. And today's Wonder Chapter is First Kings Chapter 8. And usually let's start off with the word of prayer. Almighty loving God, I want to thank you for this wonderful day. I want to thank you for protecting us. I want to thank you for guiding us. I want to thank you for always being there for us, Father, where we have gone wrong in our thoughts, in our actions, in what you have done, and what you have failed to do. May you send on your Holy Spirit to come and guide us. May you be with us. May you protect us. And may you always be there for us in everything that we do, Father. All the times that we have gone wrong, all the times that we have gone astray, may you have mercy on us. May you pardon us. Send on your Holy Son Jesus Christ to come and protect us and be with us in everything that we do. We pull this believing and trusting in your mighty name and that of your Son Jesus Christ who strengthens us. Amen. And without wasting time, let's go straight to 1 Kings chapter 8. The ark vote to the temple. Then King Solomon summoned into his presence at Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from Zion, the city of David. All the Israelites came together to King Solomon at that time on the festival in the month of Ethanim, the seventh month. When the elders of Israel had arrived, the priests took up the ark and they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tent of the meeting and all the scarred furnishings in it. The priests and the Levites carried them up, and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that had gathered about him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they couldn't be recorded or counted. The priests then brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the Lord and in the most holy place and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim the cherubim spread their wings over the ark of the palace and was over and overshadowed the ark by its carrying poles these poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary but not from outside the holy place they were still they are still there today there was nothing in the ark except the two stone tablets that moses had placed in it at horeb where the Lord made a covenant with the Israels after they came out of Egypt. When the priests withdrew the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. When then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he will dwell in a dark cloud, and I have built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. When the all assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned around and blessed him and said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his own hand has fulfilled what he promised with his own mouth to my father David. For he said, Since the day I have brought my people out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built so that my name might be there, but I chose David to rule my people Israel. My father David in his heart my father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father, You did well to have it in your heart to build a temple for my name. Nevertheless, you are not the one to build the temple, but your son, your own flesh and the temp- and blood. He is the one who will build the temple for my name. The Lord has kept the promise he made 
I have succeeded David my father, and I now sit in the throne of Israel. Just as the Lord promised, I have built a temple in the name of the Lord God of Israel. I have provided a place for the ark in which in which is the covenant for the Lord that he made with their ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. Solomon's Prayer of Dedication Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, spread out his hands towards the heaven and said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you, you in heaven above or on earth below, you who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. With your mouth you have promised and with your hands you have fulfilled it today. Now, Lord, the God of Israel, keep for your servant David, my father, the promises you made to him when you said, you shall never fail to have a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your descendants are careful in all they do, to work before me faithfully as you have done. Now and now, God of Israel, let your word that you have promised your servant David come true. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. You have given attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Lord my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence today. May your eyes be open toward this temple night and day, this place of which you said, My name shall be there, so that you will hear the prayer of your servants towards this place. Hear the suppli supplication of your servant and for the people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from the heavens your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. When anyone wrongs their neighbor and is required to take an oath, and they come and swear the oath before you in this altar, then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants, condemning the guilty by bringing down on their heads what they have done, and vindicating the innocent by treating them in accordance with their innocence. When your people have been defeated by an army because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back to you and give praise to your name, praying and making supplications to you in your temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land you have given their ancestors. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray towards you in this place and give praise to your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear them from heaven and forgive the sins of your servant, your people Israel. Teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land you have you give your people for an inheritance. When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, or when an army besieges them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when a prayer or plea is made by anyone among your people Israel, being aware of the afflictions of their own hearts and spreading their own hands towards this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place for given act Deal with everyone accordingly, do to all they do, since you know their hearts, for you alone know every human heart. 
so that they will fear you all the time to live in your land and give your ancestors. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for they will hear of your great name and your mighty harm and your outstretched arm. And when they come and pray towards the temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all the people of earth may know your name and fear you, as do your own people Israel. And may you know that the house I have built bears your name. When your people go to war against their enemies, whenever you send them, and when they pray to the Lord towards the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea and uphold their case. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and give them over to the enemies who take them captive to their own hands far or away. And if they have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive and repent and plead, and plead with you in the land of their captures and say, we have sinned and we have done wrong, we have acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all their heart and soul and in the land of their enemies who took them captive and pray to you towards the land you gave your ancestors, towards the city you have chosen and the temple have built for you, then from heaven your dwelling place hear their prayer and their plea and uphold their case. And forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses they have committed against you and cause the captors to show them mercy. For they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of Egypt, out of that iron smelting furnace. May your eyes be open to the pleas of your servant and the plea of your people. And may you always listen to them whenever they cry out to you. For you singled them out from all the nations of the world to be your own inheritance. Just as you declared throughout the servant Moses, when you, the servant Lord, brought ancestors out of Egypt. When Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplications to the Lord, he rose up from before the altar of the Lord, where he had been kneeling, with his hands spread out towards heaven, he stood up and blessed the whole assembly of Israel in a loud voice, saying, Praise be to the Lord, who has given rest to his people Israel, and as he has promised, not every word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us or forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him to walk in obedience and to him and keep the commands, decrees, and the laws he gave our ancestors. And may these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, and may he uphold the cause of his servant and cause his people Israel to act according to each day's needs, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no one other. And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands as at this temple. Then the king and all the Israelites with him offered sacrifices before the Lord. Solomon offered a sacrifice of fellowship offerings to the Lord, 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. So the king and all the Israelites dedicated the temple to the Lord. On that same day, the king consecrated the middle part of the courtyard in front of the temple of the Lord 
and there he offered burnt offerings, green offerings, and the fat of the fellowship offerings, because the bronze altar that stood before the Lord was too small to hold the burnt offerings, the green offerings, and the fat fellowship offerings. So Solomon observed the festival at that time, and all the Israel with him, a vast assembly, people from Lebo, Hamath, the Wadi of Egypt. They celebrated it before the Lord our God for seven days and seven days more, fourteen days in all. On the following day, he sent the people away and blessed the king and went home, joyfully and glad in heart for all the good things the Lord had done for his servant David and for his people. And this is where our wonder chapter for today ends. It's another really long wonder chapter, but let's go straight. What message do we have for you from today's wonder chapter? The first one comes from verse 23. And what does verse 23 say? And he said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no one like you in heaven above or on earth below. You keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. Let me read that again. And said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no one like you in heaven above or on earth below. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholehearted in your way. There is no one like the Lord. There is no one you can compare the, our Lord to. Our Lord is on top. Amen. And that's what we should always think of. That's what you should always know, that there's no one that we can compare with our Lord. And there isn't just no one. There is no circumstance. There is no, can I say, occasion. There is nothing above our Lord. Our Lord is one of a kind. His mercies are one of a kind. His love for us is one of a kind that we can't even measure it. We can't. You can't even put a value to it. So never let anyone lie to you. Never let anyone say anything. When you go into verse 24, what does verse 24 say? Verse 24 says, You have kept your promise to your servant, David, my father, with your mouth, and you have promised with your hand, and with your hand you have fulfilled it as it's today. Let me say that clearly. You have kept your promise to your servant, David, my father. With your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it as it is today. As it is today. You see, we know people who are good at talking. They will say, you know, why, T, B, C, D. But when the time comes to act, they always fail to act. But this is the Lord, our God. This is our refuge. This is our, can I say, our rock. And the Bible is telling us today that whatever he says with his mouth, with his hand, he fulfills it. To this very day. To this very day. And what does that mean? It means that the Lord is always willing to fulfill everything that he says. And all we have to do is be still. I have told you this a thousand times. Be still and trust the Lord. Wait. Don't give up. Don't rush. You see, so many times, even before we are about to reach as Christians, people, can I say, rush. People rush. They, can I say, they 
Alan, that's that word. They are not patient enough. That sometimes, even when the Lord is about to give them what they have asked for, they aren't patient enough. So what do they run into? They end up losing the blessing. They end up missing the blessing. Not because the Lord has not fulfilled, but because they weren't patient enough. Not because the Lord has not fulfilled, but because they didn't wait enough. And that's why I always tell you to trust the Lord's timing. Not because I want to say it, but there's something magical. When the Lord's timing is right, there's... Sorry. When the Lord's timing... It's always right, by the way. The Lord never times wrong. When the Lord's timing comes, when it is His time, there's something magical. There's something different that hits you in some way, and you'll be like, Jesus, yes, I understand this now. I'm going to read from verses 46 to 40. Let's read it today. From 46 to 40, what does it say? When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you have become angry with them, and give them over to their captives, who take captive of their own hands, far away or near them. When they sin, for there is no one who does not sin. That's for 46 alone. There is no one who is perfect before the eyes of the Lord. We are all the same. We are all sinners. Just that we are loved in our own way. And I'm not saying this should give you a leeway to sin freely. No. But in the same way, guilt should never hold you accountable. You see so many times when you do something and then you become so guilty that you can't even stand in the presence of the Lord. Let that guilt not make you forget the presence of the Lord. Because the Bible is telling us today that there is no one who is perfect. All of us are sinners before the Lord. So you shouldn't let anyone confuse you. No. No one should even lie to you. No one at all. No one is perfect. Every time that you sin, just get on your knees, pray, and the Lord will surely forgive you. When you go to 47, we continue. And if they have a change of heart in the land where they held captive, and repent and plead with you in the land of their captors, and say we have sinned, we have wronged you, we have acted wickedly. There has to be a change in heart. That's what verse 47 is telling us. It's not just a matter of coming out and saying, okay, Lord, I have sinned. Let there be a change of heart. Even if it's small, take it one day at a time. The Lord, to the Lord, it's never too small. The Lord sees even that smallest stride that you're making towards that addiction that you're facing. And the Lord will help you overcome it. 48. And if they turn their back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their enemies who took them captive and pray to you towards the land that you gave your ancestors towards the city that you have chosen and the temple you have built for your name if they turn back with all their whole heart don't forget it's not just part but your whole heart we continue then from heaven your dwelling place hear their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you forgive all the offenses that they have committed against you and cause their captures to show them mercy and that just shows you how much the lord is willing to be there for you how much the lord is willing to forgive you but you have to go there with your whole heart the bible says your whole heart not just part you have to go there showing remorse 
and the Lord will surely forgive you. For there is no sin that he cannot forgive if you turn to him with your whole heart. And he will make you a changed person and you will start receiving your blessings. Sometimes it's the sin that we commit that blocks our blessings and not even that time and not even being patient. So not until we set it right, sometimes we will never ever see our blessings. When you go into verse 58, may he turn our hearts to him to walk in obedience to him and keep commands, decrees and the laws he gave to our ancestors. May he turn our hearts to him to walk in obedience to him and keep the commands, decrees, laws he gave our ancestors. I think I have told you day in, day out about obedience. And the Bible is reminding us that whenever we pray, may we always pray that we always remain in the track that the Lord has for us, that we should not go left and right, that we should not stray off, that we should not wander off, that we should not derail from the path of the Lord, because it's only when we follow the Lord's path that we shall reach the destination where he wants us to reach. And lastly, verse 61, what does 61 say? 61 says, And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands as at this time. May your hearts be fully committed, amen? Not just committed, but fully committed to the Lord in whatever things that you do. Let it be for the Lord. When you are doing something for the Lord, my friend, you don't do it just because you're doing it. You do it because you are doing it for the Most High Lord, because you're doing it for the Lord whom there is no one who equals. Let your heart be fully committed. I want you to get some time. Read First Kings chapter 8. It's really a beautiful wonder chapter. What do you get? What message do you understand? Feel free to write to us daily grace with Alan at yahoo.com or send us a direct message on Instagram or Twitter at daily grace with Alan. We love to hear from you. Remember the Lord can use one word to send a thousand messages. Almighty loving God, and thank you for this wonderful day. Only thank you for today's beautiful message. Father, today we hear the consecration and dedication of the temple, Father. May you also come in our hearts, Father, the temples that you have built within our hearts, so that we may always live in your way, Father. We fully commit our hearts and we ask for your pardon where we have gone wrong. That may you always cleanse us, may you always keep our temples clean. We pray all this believing and trusting in your mighty name and that of your Son, Jesus Christ, who strengthens us as we say, Amen.